You are listening to Authentic Falconer, a podcast that promotes falconry, conservationism, and collaborates with real authentic falconers. My name is Mike Bordenero, master falconer and co-owner of a bird abatement company called The Hawk Pros. I'm sitting down with falconers to discuss hunting and training techniques, lessons they have learned, and obstacles they have overcome through their falconry experiences. And of course, the always entertaining stories that come along with falconry. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Mike Bordnero, and today's authentic falconer is Noah Drever. Thank you for coming on, Noah. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Uh, so he is actually um, the managing partner and COO of Drever Capital Management. Uh, they actually build multifamily homes for the senior uh, living. Is that correct? That's correct. Workforce affordable housing for seniors. Yeah, and they look like luxury senior housing. I've That's that. correct. Very nice stuff. Uh, he's also a um, certified pilot and a master falconer. So we're going to jump into a bunch more about that, of course. Uh, we're going to talk about his um, current bird he's training right now, which is a Siberian goshawk, and uh, his other falconry experiences getting to where he's at right now. And um, also a little bit about how he recently made the local uh, news in a bad way regarding <laughs> his uh, falcon muse. So um, let's jump into it. I just wanted to ask you uh, easiest question. How did you get into falconry? So I've always um, been attracted to raptors uh, as a kid. There's a video called the uh, Trials of Life uh, VHS. They had a great scene of orcas, but then they also had a scene of uh, Harris hawks working together in the Sonora Desert. And that, that, that prompted my excitement. I, I wasn't, you know, the, the most academically inclined uh, kid or student. Um, you know, I've always taken testing uh, untimed, yet finishing first to play recess early. <laughs> so uh, I, I was sent to more of the, one of those reform schools on the East Coast. The school I went to uh, is called Millbrook. It's the only school in the United States with a uh, uh, fully accredited zoo. So oh, wow. part of the uh, part of the program was, you know, y- you did some community service and I was a curator at the zoo. And naturally, I gravitated towards towards uh, raptors. And I took care of a uh, one eyed prairie falcon and, and red tail hawks. Subsequently, I, I, I le- the red tail hawks uh, looked at me uh, as a threat or sized me up and they attacked me. And I ended up l- releasing them from the uh, zoo. And that was an issue. But uh, uh, as the uh, cure, as the uh, lead uh, uh gentleman who ran the zoo said uh, he had a bonding experience as the birds three days later came back to him and and he put him back in in their pen so it was after that that I decided to I was so good with raptors after that, <laughs> that of course I had to jump into this that's a pretty unique first experience of releasing <laughs> them back into the wild accidentally yeah. that's that's pretty cool too so um, when did you or how did you actually get a sponsor so I joined the uh, Maryland Falconers Association uh, when I was living in Washington, D.C. and worked with um, some Harris Hawks and a, and a Dotson, and Dachshund, and, and that, w- that was a pretty neat experience. And then when I moved back here uh, in, in 2013, I, I found a sponsor to officially you know, help me through. And uh, sponsors come by you know, few and far between here in Northern California, and yeah. he's just 10 minutes up. And he's, he, run, he was number two in the, the FBI office. And uh, his first answer was no way, and then, uh, <laughs> and then we, then we we started chatting. He realized I, I wasn't that weird of a guy, well, and uh, he, he took me on. 
Wow, and that's great. yeah, he, he oversaw me, but you know, if you have the passion bug for this, like everybody knows this listening to this, yeah, you do all your own research and as much as you can, it's, it's, it's a passion. Yeah. Um, I like to ask uh, Falconers at every stage when your sponsor tells you and is training you, a lot of things go over your head. Um, what is something that he specifically told you that was ingrained in your mind? And maybe you didn't realize it at first, but it's just knowledge and, you know, a piece of advice you'd probably want every falconer to know. Yeah. You know, when we first trapped the, the, a small red tail, he, he guessed the, the weight, but the wings were out and uh, it, it's, uh, its feet were, were, were moving. And I was like, what do you want me to do? And he said, don't, don't be a little wimp and get in there. <laughs> I put my hand in there and wham, I got grabbed. And uh, I learned real fast, uh, you'll be smart. Um, okay. <laughs> That is a good piece of advice. And, <laughs> go, know. go, go in slow and, uh, and, and more importantly, if anything, ask for advice. Absolutely. I, I ask everybody for advice. Yeah. You know, people that, that are going to list this podcast, I probably ask them for advice. And, uh, I am a master falconer theoretically, whatever that means. I am too theoretically. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, uh, uh, there's, you know, everybody seems to know a lot more. So I just keep asking. Yeah. And that's the whole point of this podcast is just to get more information people can share. Yeah. I appreciate your time. Uh, what was your first falconry bird? So I had a red-tailed hawk named Cadence. Um, she was a great bird, sweet as can be, awful hunter. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we, we did this routine, and she started leading me on these posts, so she learned the routine. But I remember seeing it. I got her weight down, probably not as much as I should have got her weight down, naturally, like most people make the mistake. I didn't want her to starve under my care and watch. Yeah. So I remember I, I kicked up a jackrabbit and swear to God, this and black-tailed jackrabbits are few and far between here. I kicked up a jackrabbit and it went right under the pole. And she just looked down and watched <laughs> it for 20 minutes. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, mother of God, this, <laughs> this can't be what this sport's all about. And then all, uh, all of a sudden the jackrabbit took off. And it was after that that I, um, I did have some success. Uh, but she... Yeah, she got a few, a few, a few mice and, and a few baby jackrabbits, but uh, okay. she never really wanted to bind to something a little bit larger. Gotcha. Um, now it's funny you mentioned that in the sport of falconry, when you're at that stage where you're trying to connect the bird with hunting, there's a moment where you meet kind of like the brick wall where you're watching it do nothing, yeah. and then there's a moment where it clicks within the bird. Yeah. Um, have you been able to correlate that moment or what it takes to get to that spot throughout your training process? Yeah. So. I knew I wanted to get to learn how to imprint a bird. It's just something I always wanted to do since, and I always wanted a goshawk. Uh, just always wanted a goshawk. I didn't know there's Siberian and Finnish versions, and I just knew of the, the goshawk with the red eyes that you read in some of these raptor books growing up. What a, what a cool looking bird. And uh, uh, with an imprint, um, with my imprinting experience, I, I see that connection happen, yeah. and and that's a lot of fun. The, the second time I imprinted uh, a Siberian goshawk, that I was more. Uh, you know, I, I was ready for that connection to be made, and uh, it, it happened pretty much clockwork as, as the first one. And if anybody doesn't do falconry, you take notes, uh, just absolutely take notes. And, and I went back through my book. I didn't remember anything from five years ago. Went <laughs> yeah. back through my book, and uh, 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 it, it was pretty much within the week um, in terms of really? you know, the collect. Yeah, it was pretty that's incredible. Awesome. They follow the same pattern. Okay. Yeah, that's great advice. Definitely a log journal. Yeah, it's you know important because I forget everything that I did yesterday. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, I'm with you. Exact stuff. So I saw you on Instagram. Um, your Instagram handle is Siberian Goshawk. 
And um, you've got some really good videos. And um, people, falconers in general, always struggle with flying the hawk, you know, looking for game and filming at the same time. Uh, are, are you doing all those at once? Yeah. And what is it, what's your setup? So uh, I first put on a falconry when I was dating a, 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 another gal. I was putting on a, I put on a falconry, uh, um, you know, video. I was just so happy, you know, as anybody catches game you're so excited i mean you might put might put a three-hour hike in before i catch something i mean <laughs> yeah. you're so happy and this is the highlight so i put it on my normal instagram handle and and instantly you know i had everybody there well all these gals jump out and you know strangle me and i didn't want to look like a psycho sure. so at that point i realized well this isn't for everybody while this is my passion they just see the blood and the guts they don't see what went into it all yeah. the the time pain and, and you know sweat um and so i set up an instagram handle and and it I use an Instagram handle really for me. It's like my highlight reel, for sure. I watch it myself. I'm probably the number one fan of my own videos, but I just wear a GoPro on my head. And now okay. that they have the, the, the stabilization component for the GoPros, yeah. it, it's a lot better. But I just have a, 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 a system like that. Oh, nice. So it's the GoPro 8, then the newest one? Yeah, I, I have the 6, um, oh, okay. but, I, but I would get the 8. Uh, that, 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 that will be my next purchase. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah, I saw that, and I, I didn't think it was a GoPro because GoPros – you know, like you said, with, I've only seen the non-stabilized image, and it's just shaky. And if you don't have a gimbal, yeah, it just looks like you're well, I mean, it, running around. These are these are relatively mediocre videos in terms of like a high-quality video. But you do learn about. I did have to learn about Premiere CC uh, film editing, mm -hmm. uh, which which is not how my brain works at all. But I spent yeah. a, a fair amount of time learning that, just so I could kind of make those videos more streamlined. And and how I I, I now tune down the music or the sound of of the actual catch. I uh, try to phase uh, that out, but I, I don't put music to it. I, I just want to keep it as, you know, if somebody wants to get into falconry, they need to understand what they're going to get into. Yeah. Like, there's no way around it. I mean, you are catching things, as you know, and it's not always a pretty sight. No, it's a shock for, you know, anyone in the beginning who's not a yeah. hunter. Especially beforehand. a jackrabbit or a rabbit. Yes. Know, they sound like screaming kids, but. It, it, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so your current bird is Sasha, mm -hmm. Siberian Goss. And this is your second Siberian, right? Yeah, smaller. Is she, she's, she's a fair amount smaller than my first one. Oh, okay. And um, have you noticed any differences as far as you did the same training pattern, um, like you said, with your notes? Um, differences just in bird um, from your first uh, snow Yeah. personality and hunting. Yeah, there's uh, – I went through the notes, but you know, I, I, I spent a lot of time – You know, my bird stayed with me indoors. She came to the office every day. I took her – I took her everywhere. She rode in the car. I think I, oh, I I was overkill on how much acclimation I you know you know human day to day acclimation I put on the birds. I've heard that some people can put her in front of a TV, you know, the bird in front of a TV or or in some types some type of cir circumstance. I I carried her everywhere for a hundred days, and the last twenty days were painful to say the least, as you can imagine. Um, and so that was a little bit overkill. I think going forward, I, I would I would manage my life a little better. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so but they followed a you know, very similar pattern. First bird I had, I, I had a hundred, I had twenty five bagged live rabbits that looked like jack rabbits that I bought. Don't ask me how I got them. <laughs> and I had a hundred wow. pheasant and fifty quail, and I I put her on bagged pheasant. And then and then this last bird, I had two bagged pheasant, and then the rest I used a, a, a lure machine, mm -hmm. and I got the same result. So going forward. You know, I, I'm not a big fan of, of uh, killing bagged animals. Um, that's just, it just doesn't work for me. So I was happy to see that she was able to make that connection without 
without that use. Oh, that's that's pretty good. I um, <clears throat> I do know that obviously success at the hunt is necessary if you have you know if you don't have game you get a bagged animal. Yeah. But that uh, lure machine worked just as good. Yeah. Too. So that's pretty cool. Um. So how um, well you already told me you've always wanted a Siberian. So that's yeah pretty much. Um, well, I can tell you, I can tell you why I wanted a, a gauze hawk and then a Siberian. Oh, I, yeah. I initially wanted two Harris hawks. Um, I love that idea. I love hunting as a, as a pair. I wanted a dog. I wanted an intelligent bird, and um, and, and then I you know realized that you know, and I have a buddy that had two birds. Two birds really are maybe you think differently, but almost twice the amount of work or three times the amount of work as one. Yeah. That listen that that was that was what was told to me. So, you know, I'm limited with time, like we all are. But I'm I'm fairly limited with time, and uh, I wanted just to specialize in one thing. And my my goal is, yeah, I'm, I'm working pretty hard. If I can get away uh, three days during the week and then all weekend, but three days during the week, I will I will try to do it in the evening, um, right after work. But I need to get get to the hunting field, do my loop for an hour or two and catch game and make her successful. So okay. I wanted the bird that can do that in a short period of time. And the goshawk, despite all the, you know, the, the pains and challenges that comes with handling them, yeah. seemed to be the right, you know, gun of choice, so to speak. Sure. Um, this is Mike with a quick message. Make sure to subscribe. You won't want to miss out on our upcoming interviews. And also check out the full experience on our YouTube channel, Authentic Falconer. You won't regret it. And now, back to the episode. When you mentioned the pains of making a sp- mistake, especially with an imprint, was there something that you had to try and recorrect in the process in the early stages? Or oh, I made I've I continued. I've made every mis- I've made so many mistakes. I can't even begin to tell you. But I've had that bird just bind in my face. Not the second one, but the first okay. one, <laughs> in front of people. And uh, actually, Ooh. I was uh, uh, you know, I was really close with Robin Williams, and and so Robin used to come here sit, sitting right where you are, and he really liked. The, the red tail, and that's when I got the goshawk. And it was right, he, this is, you know, right, actually right before he, he died. But uh, his, uh, after he died, his uh, uh, his wife, Susan, came over with with her kids. And, you know, I wanted to do a quick little display. And here comes this bird. <laughs> I, I, I let, let go, the jess slipped out. I looked at her and she made it, and, and my dad's there. And I go, don't move. And, and, and she gets down in that snake position with the head out. And all of a sudden she does a quick reaction and that bird is on my face. And you know how your face bleeds. Yeah. But anyway, you hear her scream. She runs <laughs> off. And uh, anyway, that was a mistake. I Never bet, let go of the Jesses. I bet the kids were like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, that guy's not very smart, but uh, this looks amazing. Yeah, did they ever ask to come back? No, 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 they never came back after yeah, that. Never heard from him again. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, uh, that's so funny. So um, so tell me a little bit about your, um, your routine, uh, your daily routine with the bird as far as when you're not training, when you're, your day's off and how many days. Sure. So... So I used to really overhandle birds okay. and I, I talked to a lot of guys uh, that told me you know, what they like, don't kill yourself. In my opinion, if, if you're new to Falcon, you don't kill yourself in terms of what your bird wants. Don't think because your dog wants comfort that you need to be with your bird all the time. Actually, it's not always great. So during the molt, um, you know, I let her go. I used to, I used to weather her, but I have a decent sized mew. Uh, she gets great light. I go in there, you know, give her food and, and water, but I let her, I let her really sit it out. Then, you know, hunting season comes, and I try to get her on game as soon as possible. So I'll do – I'll get her to wait 
and I'll do just as long as I get a recall from her, you know, one recall from a creance on a creance. That's it. One recall I go for. And, uh, it's about 20 yards. I don't go for some hundred yard recall. I just, just knock it out to make sure she comes back. Uh-huh. And, and if she comes back at me with, you know, binds my leg, not great, but I'll take it. At least okay. she, at least she's angry with me. She'll sure. come back and then I'll take her on the hunt. And, uh, what I found in, with my birds is that second, third, fourth, fifth year, and I've never gone past the fifth year, unfortunately, but fifth year, they, um, they're each, each year they're ready to go much more than the first, but the first year takes time, as you know, when, you, when you're yeah. imprinting. But the second and third year, like this second year, my bird was on it, but she was, she's smaller. She only, she hunts about, I'm better with weight now. I talked to the guy, Roy Lupton, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, okay. uh, out of the UK. Uh, he, he, he told me to bring the bird's weight even farther down than I, than I expected, did, and, and, and my bird was just, you know, on, on jacks and not letting go. It made everybody happier. Unfortunately, she grabbed it. A few deer, but the last deer she grabbed, she uh, uh, she punctured it with her uh, helix, and, and and it pulled the whole sheath off. Yeah, I saw a picture of that. That was pretty rough. <laughs> that was on the, That was from a deer. Oh my god! Isn't that incredible? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's healing up just just nicely. So, thank God. Yeah. So she's done for quite a while. Well, she's moment. done until you know hunting season. It, it, it's grown back. So that happened. Oh, it has grown back. Yeah, oh, that, awesome. that happened in November. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she's is she a hard imprint? Did well, you? Um, you know, feed her in, in front of her. No, so I, I don't do the feeding. I I, I I feed her now as after she you know in, in her first molt I'll start feeding her. Yeah. Um. Uh. Second molt is her second. I, I I will feed her, but when I start bringing her weight down, I, I I don't do that. Okay. Um. I don't feed her from the fist. Every once in a while, I I'll try that. Uh. That then she'll. I swear to God, the next time she flies back to me, she'll, she, you know, you gotta, you gotta tuck your, tuck your hat down, your head down, because she, she might skip that glove and come right for you. And oh my I know, gosh. yeah, but you, you, but you just start to learn how, how they maneuver. And she hits my glove hard. You just kind of move your glove out of your face. You'll know when she's coming at you. But she, but as, as a relationship develops, I found out in their second and then third year, um, you get a routine down. And, uh, and they're less aggressive towards me and less vocal as well. Okay. So what's the technique then to not have her bind to you? You don't feed her on the fist. So if she, um, let's say she catches game, you let her eat up and then. First year in the first 10, I let her, first year I, I and I learned this from Moglich and Mark, Mark might, you know, I don't, I don't want to misquote him in any way, shape or form, but the first year I want to, I want to get her head developed correctly. So the, from what I understand, and I've never flown in North American, but these Siberians take a little bit longer to develop. So I keep her way up a little bit higher. Uh, she's still catching game, and I let her. It, it's one and done. So she might fly, you know, a few few slips, catches a jack. I let her eat it whole time. I never go for multiple game in the first year. Maybe at the end of the year I might, depending on her success. Um, second year is when we start going for multiple bags. Okay. And uh, in that case, she's really in it to win it. Less so, less interested in eating. My this goss is more interesting than my my next. She won't. She won't eat until I get there, which is surprising. Wow. Yeah, she'll she'll sit there, and and oftentimes she'll just sit on top of it, holding holding the rabbit. She's holding on like she she means it, but she's not really going for it. And then I can cut it open, um, cut it open, and, and let her eat the the heart and the lungs. Uh, but this bird seems less interested in that. Uh, she'll go for cold rabbit over over a warm rabbit, which is I, I don't know what I did there, but <laughs> seems to be the case for yeah, this one. That sounds like you got the system down though. That sounds. Yeah, um, you know, tri- she's, trial. She's waiting there. on for you, so that's she's, she. She waits on for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, what are some um, new upcoming challenges you see, like new game or 
with uh, <clears throat> Sasha this next coming season. So every year I'm like that, that, that the, the the fisherman that says he should have been here last year um, or yesterday, yeah. but it, it seems like harder and harder to, to find to find jackrabbits. I mean, just harder. And you know, I've been seeing more coyotes out there. I mean, they'll even tr- they'll even follow me. So when I see that, I'll I'll, I'll keep the bird. I'll 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 tie you. Know, I'll put a leash on her, um, and, and and go back to the car. But uh, uh, I I am finding it harder and harder to find game in, in Northern California where 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 we are now, uh, and in fields. Um, I I need to I need to find more fields. So I'm thinking about putting a package together. You know, with coronavirus, it's gonna make it a little bit more difficult. But package together with the whole rigmarole. You know, I'm a master falconer. But my day job is I build affordable senior housing. I'm not a hunter. They don't want to hear that. I'm not a hunter. You know, I, I fly this bird, and I'd like to be able to walk the fringe and and, and and let my bird fly freely. I'm not saying I'm hunting game on your property hard, and then and then and then give them the picture booklet, booklet of uh, you know you know, me teaching kids uh, Sasha with a feather a flower in front of her, you know when she's you know 25 <laughs> days old, yeah. and just trying to trying to show that this bird is you know it, it's it's not a weapon or or, or a danger. So I'm just trying to appeal those people because those—that's where the jacks are. It's usually on here in Northern California, on those farms that there's additional, there's additional food for them to feed, or or or, or at least irrigation in some capacity for water. Okay, that's a good idea. Definitely, I mean, try and scout more fields. That oh, I got a, I got a whole, I got a whole mailing campaign going. <laughs> you know. Um, so you have a uh, couple of videos I saw a dog in, mm-hmm. and uh, are they? Hunting partners, I've only seen like one or two. Videos. So I, I say they are. Uh, my, my my poodle Clover, she's a miniature black poodle, uh-huh. very manly dog. I you know, I'm, I am allergic to dogs, but this dog is great. She she loves being there, but um, she's she's found one jackrabbit in in Impressive. four years. Yeah. Uh, but she chases <laughs> after all of them once they go, and uh, and she was she was hunting pretty well with my bird initially, uh, and then my bird grabbed her a few times hard. Um, and, but my dog never attacked her back, so the bird bound to her face once, held her in a puddle. I got him off, um, and that's the only time I'd ever, you know, be forceful with the bird. But yeah. that 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 dog, you know, does that that, that dog is important. Um, but uh, after that, she she kind of stays back. So I am looking for a little bit of a larger breed. And the only reason why my dog, why my bird attacked the dog, has uh, nothing to do with mistaken game. Naturally, she has a worse uh, orange vest, but she's frustrated. And the worst thing about being frustrated for any falconer who wants to try is if if your bird's a little bit overweight and you fly it and she's hunting and you do a perfect slip and she misses it, it's still your fault. She doesn't care. You know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's always your fault. Definitely. Yeah, you know, there's something humbling about that. You have to find. The balance, and you got to try and keep them happy. But it's it's you know it's a good experience and yeah. learning every single time you go out. Um, so I wanted to ask you, um, you were in the news. Maybe you can shine some light on how that came to be about. Yeah. So I, I moved to a uh, an area called Belvedere, in California, and it's kind of known for country club politics, and, and it's a little bit of a, a dated, you know, older. Uh, political system, so to speak. And naturally, I, you know, cards face up. I, I tried to build an eight by eight mew. Um, you know, I could do it almost over a weekend. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was gone. I was in, in Texas uh, doing a, getting ready to build a, one of the senior communities or um, at least a groundbreaking for it. And my, you know, my neighbor flagged me. And, and, 
and she naturally she knew the the former mayor and councilwoman had her over and and it became an issue so i i, I halted construction if you want to call it construction and uh i would try to go through the appropriate channel uh what happened was a little bit screwed up so you you need to get a permit for any uh any structure whether it's a shed or anything it, any addition, you need a permit. I think if you redo your roof or your floors, you need a permit in the city. So it, it's fairly you're restrictive. So I want to go through the appropriate channel, but there there is a little bit of a loophole where you can build a chicken coop. You still get designed, but you can build a chicken coop. Where the city of Belvedere wanted to deny me for falconry. So what they found out, and this is really my neighbor pushing this agenda, who uh, later is now on my side because I, I blocked my stairs, which he uses for her access for her gardeners just moves just 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 silly <laughs> stuff they were, were your life's short don't don't get involved in these type of wars please anybody but um but they they try to block the uh uh they for some reason took the approach that it was easier to block falconry in Belvedere, thus marin county than it was just to block me on on, on a mew oh. and that's a real interesting you know they've bullied people a long time and i know uh, people listening to this podcast have i've seen that um and, and, you know, I, I put a lot of time resources into this, much more than I think most people would uh, in money uh, to, to fight this. And uh, and I, I knew they couldn't win on something like this because, A, you, you can't really ban falconry. Falconry is legal. And we're, we're, the, we're, the, we're, the, we're the issue. And the, my recommendation for people, if you find yourself in this position, is I, I tried to do the good, uh, the good you know, uh, Boy Scout approach. And I worked for three months providing information to the, the planning and development uh, coordinator, Irene Borba. And I realized that she started taking my, all my findings and turning it around against me. You know, oh, because you said this, that means this doesn't apply. And I had her on, on the phone with Department of Fish and Game, who was extremely helpful in this case with me. Um, they, they clarified that eight other falconers are, uh, you know, uh, reside in Marin County or eight in total in Marin County. Falconer's been a part of Marin County. Uh, here's my credentials, yada, yada, yada. She, her approach was, her approach was that, um, uh, uh, that was not her interpretation of Marin County codes. And then I talked to a gentleman at, at Marin Wild Care, which is a, a pretty well-known establishment here, not for an NGO here in Marin County. And, and the word on the street, and again, this is not confirmed, so I, I can't say this, but the word on the street was that this was, uh, being driven by, you know, you know higher political beings. And okay. she was just really moving, you know, a chess piece being a pawn being moved here. So it was just really interesting that you know we still live in a in a world where you know backwards politics can take hold. But my only recommendation is if anybody finds himself in that in that situation, having the media, having the media was huge. So let me say one last thing. I hope I'm not ranting too long. No, no. Okay. What? No. So <laughs> of, of, I had a letter from the attorney, which was you know marginally ineffective. Your cards face up. Uh, they talked to Department of Fish and Game, and they also talked to Marin Humane, who developed the codes, and then Marin County, and they were still. Um, they were still hell bent on 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 saying that their interpretations of codes were were different, and, and the codes say you can't have an ostrich, an emu, or, or a rhea, uh, which are land based birds. And somehow they said, well, we're going to extrapolate. That means you can't have a falcon or a hawk. So you, we knew it wasn't there, but I didn't want to embarrass anybody by brought in the Marin IJ, which is a local publication, and I found a reporter that had a you know from the East Bay that had kind of an issue with some of these hoity toity snotty politics, yeah. and I sent him all the emails. Said you. Here's all the emails she put in writing. Here's three months of correspondence. Please just take a look if you get a chance. And he read it. And he's like, this is BS. And, and we can put a story and put Belvedere on notice 
uh, but not based on you because you want to get your dock renovated and things that people don't care about. Yeah. Based on you know really uh, you know falconry and 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 their 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 threat to put you in jail, a thousand dollar day fine, and to take your bird, which is really the key piece. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so what the uh, so so yesterday of all times, the article is written today or pushed out today, but uh, the uh, reporter calls me goes. Uh, 11.30 a.m., he goes, hey, so uh, bad news. I called uh, 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 the city manager, Craig, I forget his name, but the uh, city manager. And um, and their stance is that falconry is illegal. Just falconry is illegal. And when I asked them about why those emails are being leaked to your neighbor, they said, well, by accident, we sent it. Uh, it was leaked to a councilwoman who accidentally sent it to your neighbor. You know, just some some BS answer. Okay. But but after that, to, you know, especially what's happening in the political climate, no, no city wants attention right now, in my opinion. The, he called back two hours later and goes, we actually overturned our decision and falconry is now legal in Belvedere. So it was, I got to say that reporter did more, more for me than, than any, you know, noble or, or I'd say, you know, conventional, um, you know, direction of how these things are usually handled. Yeah. So, so if, if you find yourself in that position and you don't mind getting some press, which press is always bad. You never want press about you, good or bad. Um, in my opinion, um, and you're willing to be blackballed with the city at a later date, you know, for to stand up for something that you believe is right, then I, I, I would get a reporter. Um, I would get a reporter engaged, but only after they kind of nail the coffin by putting some things in writing that you can send them for proof because they do okay. have to fact check things. Yeah, it's uh, wow, that's <laughs> quite a quite a story just for a mew. You want to put a mew in your house? You know, yeah, backyard. it became a mew, and then it became falconry's illegal. <laughs> which would have been problematic for all falconers, but especially people in Marin County. The last thing I want to do is ever jeopardize a falconry status for anybody besides myself. My problem is nobody else's problem in that case, but yeah. unfortunately it got to the point where I really had to rectify it and, and you know, it got done. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, let's move on to another <laughs> Sorry. <topic. laughs> no, that's fine. That, that's quite a story. Um, where do you think um, falconry will take you next? Your next bird, your next you know, goal. Yeah. Um, you know, as you get older, you, you, you figure out what makes you happy in life and you know, things have changed. My, uh, you know, birds are a part of my life and I'm, I'm tempted to sell my home and after this all gets resolved, but t- sell my home and eventually move to West Marin somewhere out there where I have a little bit more, it's kind of like your spread. You're going to stay in California after stay, all that? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I got to stay in California. I tried to move the company to Texas and I had a uh, I had a fair amount of pushback, um, oh, okay. and most of the things I do is in Texas. But uh, I, I would like to have several birds, and, and I need some time. But I would like to raise raise some kids. I'd like to have a few dogs, real hunting dogs, mm-hmm. and uh, and have some birds, and that includes a Harris hawk. I've always wanted, always want to have a peregrine. Yeah, or really, there's there's the ones I've met have been so sweet. Just such a cool bird. Um, so I want to ask a couple tips, maybe some falconry books or um videos that you really like yeah Something you'd recommend so for falconry videos i've you know uh uh well so f- for tips um there's a few guys there's a guy named connor uh i forget connor's last name but he's down in southern california bukali yeah. yeah and he's uh he's just He's just smart as can be when it comes to this stuff. Um, and he's always seems to be fairly progressive on what he's doing. His videos are amazing. Yeah, he's pushing really the envelope. So I like that. And then there's a guy named Tyler. Uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, Sladen or Sladen. Yep. Sladen. Sladen. Yep. And then uh, he has a friend named Chris. I think 
I kind of bunch them all together, but I'm, I don't even know <laughs> if they're all friends. Um, but they seem to be fairly progressive in this in this sport. So I ask them about dogs and um, and just advice. Yeah. Uh, and they've been great. Um, you know, w- w- with no alternate agenda to push. Just truly, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. Try this. Don't. And, and, and Connor's been great. Where he'll, he 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 kind of shows you his war stories. Uh, you know, I think he imprinted a red tail one time, and he gave he gave me that story. Like, listen, you know, buck up. I had a, I had a you know hellbent red tail that, that attacked me once. I was like, Jesus. So he so he so he more more than gets it and sympathizes. I'd say that. Um, and then I I've been sort of reach out the UK Falconers, like Rory Lupton. Mm-hmm. How cool is this sport that you can find somebody that you kind of I want to say was a hero, but I'd watch these people that I thought were you know famous in in my world, and I got the number and I just called up and he picked up the phone. Yeah, I told him what I was doing. He gave me all this advice. We talked for like 45 minutes. Like, I, you know, I can't do that about baseball or, or basketball or, or, or something, you know, you know, in that respect. But um, so that's what I think is unique about this sport, that you can really pick up the phone and people are willing to give that advice. In terms of books, I've, I've uh, you know, McDermott, the, uh, the imprint recipe, you read that probably, you know, 40 times. And, and then um, I forget his name. Is it Dale? Uh, out of North Carolina, he has these goshawks, and he has a book. Okay. I can't remember his name, but um, African American gentleman that just had, does mostly Siberian goshawks, finishing Siberian, and he he has a great book. I, I love it. Uh, I've read that a million times, but um, yeah, that that's about it. Great. I'd say one just you know, to, to state for the record, there's there's great literature out there, but you know, if you can pick up the phone and call somebody. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's 20 times more valuable. And, and then, you know, we're in 2020, just go on Instagram and follow some of these people. Oh yeah. And, I mean, that's how you can reach out to, that's how I found you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and who's that gal that's, she's the Eagle Falconer. It's like Lauren. Oh yeah. Somebody, Lauren yeah. She, yeah. I saw her on 60 minutes. Yeah. And then, and then we're friends on, on, uh, on, uh, it's funny. I, I had a therapist, nice person, yeah. therapist for a few years and she goes, I, there's this, there's this girl on. On 60 Minutes, you you have to meet her. You, you guys are meant for each other. Uh, and I go, well, why, why would you say that? She goes, well, she, she likes birds just like you. And I go, well, thank you, Miss Therapist. Yeah, I appreciate the answer. Anyway, then we became friends on the, on, on, on Instagram, which, again, that in, in any other respect, I think Falconry allows you to do so where you wouldn't have that option later. Yeah. No, I met Lauren. We've worked together on a few things, and she's a great person. Yeah. yeah. She's credible what she's done with, with eagles. Very, yeah, kind-spirited and talented person yes so, yeah good for her it's pretty cool to run into people like that especially yeah. in the sport so um so let's say you could have any bird you want what is your favorite bird like a falconry bird or so i'm so i well i love goshawks hands down but i i'm pretty there's one guy that's doing these hybrids which i know are kind of frowned upon but like goshawk you know Red tail hybrids that have been, per- yeah. Have you seen that on YouTube? I haven't seen that. Oh no. yeah, he, he does all these hybrids, like a ferruginous red tail, which kind of sounds interesting. But the red tail goshawk was, and then they had a, a Harris hawk goshawk, which seems to be conflicting in terms of brains and brakes or yeah. ball, uh, you know, you know, bravado, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, uh, but the red tail uh, goshawk had a lot of success. I reached out to him, and he was responsive, and uh, he's, he's had a lot of success with that bird. So. If I could have any bird, I'd love to have a golden eagle. Yeah. If if I could fly it somewhere and not you know take somebody's dog, and and if I can't keep my bird in Belvedere, I'm not bringing a golden eagle. <laughs> you know that's not going to fly. And or um or 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 a peregrine jeer, and I'd probably go with a hybrid variety. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I don't know much about gear. Sounds like you have a gear, but I hear they can they can just take off if you, if they have the space, they'll well, just go. Yeah, they breed the gears mainly for their size and their hardiness with the peregrines, so they're bigger and they yeah. can just you know take bigger, harder hits in the air. So it's a really incredible combination. Yeah, how wild. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, being a being a goshawker, yeah, I've never actually I've never seen a falcon fly live. Never really? seen it. Yeah, I've always wanted to. I, I've I've met 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 a bunch of guys in Texas that all fly peregrines. I've even trapped them down in San Pod, South Padre Island with the Peregrine Fund. That was real neat. But I've never once seen a real. Uh, well, I've never seen a falconer fly a peregrine or, or a falcon. Mm-hmm. I'm also limited in that. I've seen falcons fly. I have never seen an impressive falconry hunt with a peregrine. Yeah, you know, stooping and just smashing a duck in midair. You like hear the click. Yeah, I. I haven't been out with enough falconers, but yeah, I've seen the videos and they're impressive. Just that little teardrop and they're just you know incredible through the air. But yeah, well, those videos are terrible to watch because they can't get it in focus. Yeah, it's I like mean, how could you shaking <laughs> the whole way because they're you know two hundred yeah. miles an hour. Um, so what do you what do you get from falconry? What is it that kind of yeah? So connects you to it. Yeah, so we we you know I'm sure everybody that you know, has their own experience, but. I, you know, I'm a pretty active falconer. I think the the joke is that I that I, I say ho a lot when on the videos, and I and I also run like I run. I put miles in. I put 102 miles in the month of December alone from my Apple uh, Watch. 102 miles in just December alone, uh, hiking, and I was doing on average between five and six mile hikes. I mean through pretty high brush. So I, I like the physical element. Uh, I love hunting. Um, you know I don't really want personally. I don't shoot guns. Uh, I have a bow, but I just you know. I'm, I'm not worth a darn for with it. Uh, but I, I love, I love fishing where you see like an eddy, you fly fishing and you're in a Creek and you, you're working behind us so with, 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 you know, with the, the hunting element and, and seeing where the jacks are, what vegetation they move to, depending on, on the season, your part of the season. Um, they start off in, in more of the, the green brush in, in, in the hot elements, you know, in September, in the fall, then you got to go to the more of the dry brush, but your bird starts to pick up on where they are. And when your bird comes out, it starts getting more excited. Like she's, you know, she's ready to go when she sees that brush, and it's fairly sporadic. So I, I love that, and uh, and being outside, no matter, you know, we all have our stresses in life. I have more stresses with business that have been, um, you know, you know, challenging to say the least, and it can kind of keep you, you know, one eye open at night. But but you, you know, it's a good hobby and a good sport, where when you go out there, you're. All you care about is finding a rabbit, and you're me- you're you're totally ticked off if you don't find a jackrabbit. That's your only care in the world. If you don't find it, you're upset with yourself. You're, I mean, you, and and everything else kind of quiets down. Yeah, so that's your answer. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, great. Um, so, I mean, we talked a lot about your goss, your Siberian goshawk, and we talked about your troubles and you know, your your faults, and then of course your triumphs. And I think the triumphs are always going to outweigh your faults because you. That's how you get there. You know, yeah. Everyone's going to fail until you succeed. But uh, I appreciate you sharing the time and the um, you know experiences with us. And hopefully, someone can learn um, you know something if they're interested in the Siberian goss. They know where to find you if they have a quick question on Instagram. Yeah, just go on there and you know. yeah, please. If you if 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 you're interested in learning more about the Siberian, all my mistakes, uh, <laughs> I'm happy to share them and, and you know, shoot me a message on Instagram and I'll I'll, I'll shoot you my number and we can talk. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. I'm excited to see how this works out. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. That does it for this podcast. If you want to hear more, 
We're on YouTube, we're on Facebook, and we're on Instagram. Just do that key search, Authentic Falconer, and tag us on any of your posts. We'd love to follow along on your experiences and your journeys. Buy some merchandise at AuthenticFalconer.com if you want to support the channel. And hopefully, we'll see you on the next one. Have a great day. Thank you.